Welcome to Coaching with Catherine, the podcast on defining success on your own terms. My name is Catherine Lavenhagen. Every other Friday, you will get a new podcast on how to make life mean more and build a life you're proud to live. Today's episode is with Julianne McGinnis. Julianne is Director of Operations for a real estate agency in Gainesville, Florida. Julianne's standards for success are high, but she has found a way to balance her driven nature and high standards of excellence with compassion and love for herself along the way. Come join me to hear how Julianne defines success and how she's achieving it through introspection and living in alignment with her values. Let's dive in and talk to Julianne now. Hi, Julianne. Welcome to the show. So today I have Julianne with me and Julianne is a good friend of mine who I met when I was living in Gainesville, Florida. And how did I meet Julianne? Um, Somebody told me uh, that I needed to connect with Julianne. (laughs) So they gave me her contact information and I called her and I think the initial, I remember the the phone call we had um, the first time I talked to Julianne, like very clearly and just the connection that we had. And so I'm super excited to have her here today and be able to share her wisdom and insight with you. And Julianne, I would like you just to kind of start by sharing about who you are and what you do and where you live and anything that you feel like would be of interest to the listeners. Um, okay, great. Um, first, I'm super excited to be here. Um, absolutely love you, Catherine, and I uh, love our talks, love our love our friendship. Um, and I remember that call as well. And I was in my car driving in downtown Gainesville, and I don't usually answer phones phone numbers that I don't know, but for some reason I did. And I, in the first two or three minutes that we talked, I actually pulled over in the Sun Center parking lot outside, like uh, Alterigo Fitness. And I actually sat in my car and talked to you for 30 minutes because I was so into the conversation and so into who you were and, uh, you know, your passion about what you're doing. And, um, and so it was just, uh, it's definitely a, a meant to be connection for sure. Um, I was working as a consultant doing small business operational efficiency at the time when we met. Um, I now run a real estate team. I'm the director of operations and, um, I create processes and procedures and, um, help us really get the systems in place in order for us to expand into different markets. We have, um, I manage agents on the team and um, yeah, all of, all of the, the behind the scenes things um, in that field. So um, I love my job, but not necessarily because I love real estate, although it's fun. I love my job because of what it allows me to do. The people I get to connect with and um, I love my boss. He's just an incredible leader. He's an incredible guy. Um, you know, and one of my goals in when I decided to move industries really was to work for someone who pushed me to be better as a person, um, and who could also, you know, grow because of my strengths and how they complement, you know, them. And so, um, we have that great relationship and we're very different personalities, um, but it just works really well. Well, what I know about you is you're a connector and people are really important to you. And actually, I would go as far as to say that um, because I was curious, like I wanted to ask you what drives you. And I would go as far as to say is like that people drive you. Like there's something about people that really drives you to be your best self to like, you know, attain excellence. Yeah, I I, you know, it's so funny. Um, So are you familiar with the disc profile? Yeah, I've 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 heard of it and I think I have taken it like I. 
I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure though what I am. Well, yeah. Well, you should, I, I can send you, send you the link. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty basic. You can find them for free online and stuff. Um, but I, I remember I did, you know, I love these little personality assessments. I like the strengths finder and the love languages and the disc and the Enneagram and all that stuff. And um, I just think they're interesting. I don't necessarily think you should base your entire life on what a test tells you. But um, it's funny because years ago when I took the DISC profile um, for the first time, everyone said what you said, like you're a connector, you're going to be this high I personality, which is kind of like the interpersonal, you know, friendly. And when I took it, I actually came back with results that said I was a high D. And the D is like the director, the eagle. And um, I was kind of a little bit surprised that I've been called bossy <laughs> in, my, in my younger years. So not, not too surprised. Um, but as, I, as I've progressed in my career and really focused on personal development and leadership, what I've actually found is that I, I have this persona that's kind of who I am authentically with people and in connection with and that is absolutely this connector sense. Like, I want to know, what do you do? What's your background? What do you want out of your life? And um, I remember I, uh, I had a, an in-law one time kind of say something that probably would have been an insult to anyone else. But to me, I didn't really care. And they said, Ugh, you can't have a conversation with Julianne about the weather. She just does never want to talk about like small talk. And I was like, yeah, why would I want to? Who wants to talk about small things? Like, I want to talk about what do you want to do with your life and what, you know, what are your passions and where do you want to go? And I think that that intensity is just too much for some people. Um, and that really caused me to struggle for a while. Like, maybe I need to change. Maybe I don't fit in that kind of thing. And so there's these people who I have this connection with. Like, I love everyone and I get along with everyone and I'm this great networker. But then I start working in a business and it's the people I work with almost get like whiplash because I go into this director mode of, yes, I like you and I want to like you, but I want to do the job amazing more than I want you to like me. It's confusing. And it's, mm. it's really been a struggle for me, to be honest, because people expect me to be this social, friendly you know, so-and-so, and I am that, but I'm kind of also really, really secure in the sense that like I'm hired to do a job. So I want to do the job and that kind of goes into a backseat. So it's interesting. I definitely think I am that connector, but I actually think my commitment to excellence over it, it supersedes that. Yeah. And actually what's coming up for me is like that you call people forth to their their own excellence. Not only do you have a standard for that yourself, but actually you have a standard for you. Like you see that is possible in other people and call them forth to step into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't want to sound like snooty, but on some level, I, as I get older, I have less and less, I, I, I really struggle with this. I have less and less patience for people who I see that they have amazing potential. And when I just kind of see them, not really that, you know, Oh, I want this in my life and I want this in my life and I want this in my life. I'm like, yes, go get that, go get that. And then they don't. And it's a struggle and it's not a judgment. It's a disappointment, it's a sadness where I'm just like, and then you have to ask yourself, you know, we only have a certain number of minutes in the day. How much time are we going to spend 
with with people and you know and then I struggle because I'm also you know I'm I'm a, I'm a strong believer and so I always want to be there for people and I always want to want to like breathe that life into them but there is a point where you have to ask yourself where is your time most well spent and so it's just I feel like it's it's rocks breathing against each other for me you know there's these two competing forces and um, I have I haven't figured it out yet <laughs> I'll let you know when I do well what I know about you is that you have like super high standards and goals for yourself. Like, um, and, and so I want to talk a little bit about like, yeah, I hear what you're saying and like being frustrated um, when you see other people not realizing their potential. But I also see that you, you have that same um, energy towards yourself. Like you, you see what's possible for yourself and um, so I guess I'm curious, like, how have you managed that in your own journey? Oh, man. So, um, I, I tell, I tell my staff and, and, and my assistants and well, I, I should, I should back this up for a second. So I started this job for four and a half months ago and I found out about two and a half months in that. I have a nickname on the staff and that I have, I am lovingly referred to as the machine <laughs> and which is so crazy because people who know me outside of work are like, what are you talking about? Like everyone loves Julianne. She's so friendly and she's so nice and yada, yada. Um, but I come into work, I work really hard. I come in early, I stay late, I handle things I you know, and, um, but it's amazing that that's how I'm perceived by the staff because to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I fail every day. <laughs> and so the standards that I have for other people are absolutely the same standards I have for myself. And um, it's really, really, really important. And it's a struggle for me because, you know, you can't, you can't create a standard for another person. There's, there's accountability and things you can do in a job, but ultimately how people perform is up to them. And that, that being difficult for me I ask myself, well, how much of this is, is because I have to have them perform this because this is what they need to do for us to get where we want to go. And how much of this is I want to control their behavior. And there's, there's the healthy side and the unhealthy side. And I mean, it's a constant conversation in my mind of how much of this is about me and how much of this is about what has to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I actually keep myself up at night sometimes thinking, Oh my gosh, that meeting was kind of poorly run. And I really feel like I wasted, you know, their time for 15 minutes because it could have run more smoothly. And so if someone else had been in charge of that meeting, I would have wanted them to, if I were their superior, I would have said, okay, well, what's the consequence and how do we make sure this doesn't happen? So I actually create consequences for myself, like at home once I'm home for the night, which, you know, some people would listen to that. I know you and I have talked about this and I've said, you know, you said, Oh my gosh, Julian, your life just always seems like there's so much stress going on. And I just have a higher tolerance for stress. Like stress almost drives me in some ways. I like pressure to a certain degree. Um, and I, ha I struggle to remember that not everybody is like that. And I want to be fair to people. And so really communicating clarity and communicating basic standards is the number one thing that I'm working on in my life right now of saying, you know, listen, this is the minimum standard for to be my friend, to be in my life. Cause you know, I know 700 people on a, you know, and I used to network for 40 hours a week and now I work 40 hours a week. So 
I literally take 7 a.m. breakfast appointments, lunch appointments, and 6 p.m. dinner appointments. And these are, I call them appointments, but really they're dinner with friends. But I don't have enough time to see 40 people a day anymore. You know, so it's, I, I tangented there like I do. But, um, you know, the struggle for me is, yeah, the standards are what, how am I going to show up in my life and accomplish my goals and still be authentically there for the people in my life who are expecting it? Yeah. And I'm also hearing that there's a standard that you're expecting in your relationships in order for you to like move yourself forward in the way that you want. Like you need people to meet you at a certain level. Otherwise they're pulling you down from what is possible for you. Yeah. And mindset. I mean, honestly, Catherine, you, you were a huge part of me realizing this. And, um, I remember the first time that we, for the, for the listeners, (laughs) um, you know, Catherine and I have like a monthly call and we're friends but we schedule, you know, video calls like once a month. And it took us a couple of months to kind of figure out this format of how this works. And it, I, at first it was uncomfortable, but I, I really love it. I love, I look forward to our conversations. I look forward to our calls and I know that they make me better. And, you know, kind of coming out of that, I started to think about the, the other relationships in my life. And there are, you know, a thousand people that I think are just wonderful and fantastic and great. And I, you know, it's always good to see them. And I'm being authentic when I say like, oh my gosh, it's great to see you. But I really started to think about mindset and what, and the energy and what I am bringing into other people's lives and what other people are bringing into mine. Um, and, you know, are we speaking success to each other? Are we speaking positivity to one another? Are we, are we lifting each other up or are we having small conversations, people or circumstances or complaints or whatever? And, you know, just day by day, I want less and less of those small conversations. I just don't have time for it. And, um, you know, it's funny because I feel like I've heard people say that in the past and I've just been like, get off your soapbox. Like, who are you? You know? And, and I get it now though. And I think it's because I finally am placing a value on my life and on my time that I just didn't think about before. And my life is good. My life was good five years ago. My life is good now, but my life, when I think about it in the sense of like, where am I going? I have more clarity. I know where I'm going. I know what I want. I know what I value. I know who I value. I know the things that I want to be. Um, I'm ultra clear on the things I want to change. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think that there's something empowering about that. And it's almost like this addiction. When you experience this yourself, you want everyone around you to have it. And, you know, this is, this is when, you know, the people get on and they, they want to talk about like the multi-level marketing thing or whatever, but like, it's so, it's so authentic. You're like, but this is how I feel, you know? So I don't really ever get upset about, you know, people wanting to post about that. I mean, aside from the fact that they probably want to make their 500 bucks, but you know, I don't mind it because I'm like, Hey, if that's what you want to go after and go after it, like, you know, if it's authentic to you and it's real to you, great. Yeah. So, so what's authentic and real to you right now in your life? Oh my goodness. So I, um, so I realized last year that I really love to travel and I had just let that become this ridiculous, you know, kind of pipe dream. And it's one of those things like where you see, you, you talk to the person and they say, you know, Oh, I love to travel. Well, where's the last place you went? Oh, Kentucky in 2012. (laughs) You know, you can't, you know, you can't really say you love to travel 
and then, you know, have that be your track record. And I had kind of become that person where I was like living in the, this is what I love rather than the, I'm living what I love. And, um, so anyhow, I, um, last year, my, my best friend got a job in Washington state and, um, just super sad for me because she left and, you know, she's amazing. And, you know, but I was somewhat instrumental in her being applying. I don't think she, I didn't know this until after the fact, but she was kind of like, I wasn't going to apply if you hadn't pushed me to, which may or may not be true, but I'll take all the credit. So (laughs) (laughs) she she ends up getting this job and I joked, and this was in September. I joked and said, well, I guess you're just going to have to take me with you. And she said, oh my gosh, would you come with me? I have to drive my car across the country. And I looked, I literally had this conversation with myself and I said, why wouldn't I? So I talked to my boss and I said, Hey, listen, I've met all of my goals for the quarter already. So are you okay if I do this? And he was just amazing guy to work for. So he's like, yeah, sure. Like tell me what I need to pick up while you're gone. So I literally within 10 days packed up in a car with her and drove across the country for two weeks, had this amazing life-changing trip, stayed there for a week and then flew home. And then somehow or another, I had just kind of had this conversation with myself last summer. You know, I want to travel more. I ended up going to Charlotte in December. And then I ended up um, almost going to France, but then I started a new job. And then I ended up going to Washington, DC. I'm going to Austin next month. I'm going to Italy in September. I mean, it just was one of those things where I kind of spoke it into existence and said, you know, I'm sick of saying this is something that's important to me. I'm not, I actually need to, if, it, if I'm going to, I'm lying at this point, say this is important to me. I darn sure better make it important. Um, and so I kind of did. And I just thought about how many opportunities I've had to travel in the last five years that I have turned down because of supposed obligations. And really, there's nothing that was so important that I, that I couldn't, I haven't taken a vacation in four years before last year. That's crazy. So, so yeah, so traveling is kind of one of those things, but traveling is just part of it. It really is this sense of being like deciding what I want and going for it. Yeah. That's really what I'm hearing. And everything that you've said so far is like, you really value like yourself and you're willing to go after what you want for the sake of your own satisfaction and happiness. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, the other, the flip side of this, because I get so frustrated when I listen to these podcasts and everyone's like, sunshine, roses and rainbows. My life is so easy. And, you know, you just decide that you want to be a millionaire and poof, there's your bank account. You know, I mean, obviously, I, I feel like we, we hear a lot of this, right? And, you know, or the other flip side is like the power through the struggle. It's all so hard, yada, yada. And then you only hear that side. And, and really there's, there's both, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the two sides. And, you know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, the decision to move forward and do amazing things in your life really means you have to close the door on, on other areas of your life. And sometimes that's leaving a relationship. Sometimes it's leaving a friendship. Sometimes it's leaving a job. Sometimes it's, you know, there's so many different things. And, and so really the first step, and, and for me, honestly, the hardest step was what do you want? What do you actually want? And I think, honestly, I towed around what, that the answer to that question was for five years, and I'm still figuring it out. But as soon as I get clear on on something like travel or a job or growth, as soon as I get clear, I'm done. There, you, I can't, I can't go back. It's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. Sorry, kids, like, <laughs> you can't, 
you can't go back and start believing in Santa Claus again once you know mom and dad wrapped the gifts. And so it's kind of like that in life. Once I realized, whoa, I don't actually value traveling because I haven't done it in four years. And if I haven't done it in four years, it's a lie. So now I either need to get to traveling and make sure it happens, or I need to stop lying to myself and to others and saying that that's important. You know, and yeah. I think it's like that for every, every area of your life. Well, it's living. It's like what I'm hearing you say is living in integrity with what you say is important. So if, if you say that travel is important, then actually like honoring that in your life and making it a priority or not saying that it's important. So like, I, yeah, it's like what I'm hearing you say is match your actions with like what is really important to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And realize you're going to fall on your face sometimes. You know? Yeah, that it's not always going to be pretty and it's not always going to work and it's going to maybe take some time to navigate it. But what I heard you say was like first getting clear on what you want, like that, that has to be first because if you don't know that, it's like that's kind of your compass or a, a way to point direction in as, as like in terms of which way to go. Absolutely. And, and honestly, I mean, to reiterate, that was the most difficult and is the most difficult part for me. And, you know, I used to wish that I could have been one of those people who was like 17 and knew they wanted to be a teacher or, you know, knew they wanted to be an attorney or a doctor. I was someone who loved people and who really, I, I, w I feel like I would have been great in the military aside from the fact that I don't want people telling me what to do that doesn't make sense. So, you know, if everything that they're telling me to do, if I understand why it makes sense, from an intelligence or ethical moral perspective, I'm like, oh, and, you know, I'll like work really, really, really hard. Um, but again, that's that's what it should be in any business. You know, you, you look at the culture of the business first and then you decide, am I a good fit for the job? Because no matter what you do, the job could be the perfect job. But if you hate the company you work for, you're probably not going to last long, you know, so it's kind of like that. But figuring out what I wanted, I mean, it's, it's looking at the entire world. And I mean, think about... People know less now than they used to know. I mean, we have these, you know, Renaissance, you know, man and all these people who, you know, studied all the subjects, you know, they were, they were philosophers and they were mathematicians and they were, you know, they were artists and, you know, all these different things. We, there's just so much information out there. It's overwhelming. And it's the same way with kind of thinking about a vision for your life or clarity. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, well, now there's a million doors open to you. Is that really better than only having one? I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a philosophical question that I ask myself all the time. Like sometimes are there people out there who probably would have thrived more living in a different time where there was only one option for their life, but they were going to go through that option and do an mm. amazing job at it and be wonderful. You know, whereas now I feel like a lot of people don't recognize their talents and they don't, they don't see the value that they could bring because they're so overwhelmed by all of the options that it's kind of like, I don't know what I should do. And then we end up doing nothing. And can the people really be blamed for that? I mean, I don't really live in a world where I blame people, but I can, I can empathize with, with that because there were years of my life where I was in that position. Like I'm going to do the best that I can do with whatever's in front of me, but I'm never actually making a decision about what is in front of me. You know, like it's there's so many choices, so right. many things. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say something you said before starting a bit kind of this, um, subject was like saying no to 
things like in, in some, something about like deciding what you want. It's like, you have to say no to some things. Like you can't do everything. And I think that's a hard thing to like every, everything that we say yes to, we also at the same time are saying no to something else. And I think that can be hard because I think we want everything and we want it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that should be kind of like a, a motto for the generation or something, right? Like, and, and all of us, like myself included. And, you know, there, we, we do, we do have to say no. And the, what helped me to kind of come to peace and come to terms with that reality was the realization that you are already saying no to things. You know, it, it's not like you have to say no, you already are. And, you know, when you decide to wake up in the morning and scroll Facebook for 30 minutes, you are already saying no to getting more sleep, going to the gym, eating a healthier breakfast, whatever it might be, you know, and full disclosure, that absolutely was a part of my life for a long time. So, you know, no judgment here, but shifting that behavior and shifting that activity and kind of first, the first thing you have to do is recognize it, you know, looking at your day and saying, how much of my day am I spending? working towards my future. And, you know, to be clear too, I have a lot of friends who have no professional ambition, like not none, but I mean, it's not a driving force in their life. And there is nothing wrong with that. And I have friends who their driving force is being an amazing parent to their children. And that's awesome. They're super intentional about being an amazing parent. I couldn't do that job. I don't care how much money someone paid me. Like, I want kids maybe one day, possibly, who knows? But like, I have, I have friends who are so passionate and so good at what they do. I'm like, oh my gosh, can I just pay you <laughs> for my kids? Like, you know, so I'm not saying people have to be intentional or, or have this vision in a professional sense. It's every area of your life. How do you want to live? And my absolute favorite quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but you'll get the idea. My favorite quote, and it's kind of morbid, is... My version of hell is waking up the day before the end of my life and meeting the person I could have been. I mean, doesn't that just like kick you in the stomach? Like, oh my gosh, you know, and we are all endowed with these beautiful and unique and amazing abilities, talents and gifts. And I just feel like it's such, it's such a shame that we don't have the confidence or we're not empowered or we just don't recognize how we can move forward. And even I don't know fully what God's plan is for me, but I am darn sure trying to figure it out, you know? And I, I have to stop myself from going into that place of kind of self-judgment of, I can't believe that you wasted so many years of your life thinking you were doing, you know, you can't beat yourself up for what you didn't know, even if you think you should have known it. Once you do know, you can't just say, well, this is how I am. And, you know, this is, this is, you know, something I struggle with. And, you know, people just need to know that this is something about me. I find that completely unacceptable. <laughs> you know, once I know that I'm doing something that's not good for me or good for other people, that's not to say that I can just snap my fingers and fix it. But it is to say that the journey starts then. And the forward movement, and sometimes it's one step forward, three steps back. You know, and sometimes it's just like I said before, like it's, it's one day. It's like, oh my gosh, it became so clear. I don't struggle with it anymore, you know, but the, the important thing is to not, for me, the important thing is to not 
recognize the failure in ourselves. And I, I use failure. That's probably not the right term, but I'm a little, my standards and I'm hard on myself. <laughs> the, the deficit that we have of not showing up how we want to show up. It's not okay to just acknowledge it. The first step. But if that's where you stop, gosh, like you're almost worse off than when you, before you realized it, because now you're just saying, I'm living with the reality that I'm never going to be as good as I want to be. And that's, that's the worst. Yeah. It's like the, what I'm hearing really drives you is like that gap between who, you know, you can be and who you are. And the first part of that is having awareness of like, what is the gap? Where are you on kind of like the spectrum? And that that's not enough to just see it. And if anything, that's probably the hardest part in the most like discouraging when you see it, Mm. um, because you can't go back and unsee it. But then the next step is like, okay, how do I bridge that gap and like actually move myself towards like what I know is possible for myself? Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's perfectly put. And that's the goal. I mean, that's my goal. Like that's, that's what I think. That's what I think, you know, I mean, as a believer, I, I want, I want everyone to realize their full potential that to me is, is God's will for their life. And I have tons of friends who, I mean, my best friend is an atheist and you know, it's her, her belief system is different, but we can, the concept is the same, whether or not you attribute it to God, the concept is still, I want you to be the best version of yourself because what better way to live your life? What better legacy to leave than, you know, I, I took what I was given, what I was born with, and I made it into something beautiful that caused a a lasting result or effect on the world, on people, on an industry, on a, you know, whatever that was important to you. And that was in line with your values. That's the goal. I mean, the alternative is that we just waft. I call it living in the gray, you know, you just wake up, you go through your routine, you go to sleep, you do that for 30 or 40 years. And then, you know, you're kind of like, all right, well, lived a good life. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be infuriating for you. <laughs> that would be like the worst possible way to live. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. But my way lends to a lot more embarrassment and a lot more mistakes, but you know, with it also comes amazing highs and, you know, just the self-reflection and sometimes the lowest of lows and sometimes the deepest of pains and the most real embarrassment. And just kind of like, I can think back to behavior. I mean, honestly, I'll probably never listen to this podcast because all I would do if I listened to it is be, oh my gosh, you talk too much there. That was a rant. That was a ramble. Like it would be so much of that. And, um, I mean, no, I really will, will listen to it, but you know, I will, I will absolutely be, I'm incapable of just seeing where I'm at and not course correcting, incapable of it. And it drives everyone in my life crazy. It really does. Cause it's not because they see it about them. And my assistant said this to me yesterday, actually. And I mean, God, God love her. Like she's been with me for like two months and she's like, I know that you're a really hard person to work for. And I'm like, I feel like I'm lovely, (laughs) you know, but I am, I I do have crazy high standards. And she's like, every time that you give me something, you just end up correcting what I do. And I was like, yeah, you've been here for two months. You should expect that for two years. Like, (laughs) if you, if you produce something for me that I don't change anything on, I mean, I'm going to give you a bouquet. 
(laughs) Because you're going to get a promotion. Right, right. But I want her to be my replacement. In three years, she should replace me. And so, like, I uh, yeah, I'm going to hold you to the same standard. I'm I'm going to make sure that things that come out of my office are are buttoned up into a T. And you know, when when mistakes are made, you know, she still sees it that if she makes a mistake, it's it's her mistake. But that's wrong. I'm her boss. It's my mistake. It's my responsibility. And I, I look at so much of life like that. And I really, I really do just take that stuff to heart on such a serious level and that responsibility. And sometimes it's exhausting. And then sometimes I get in my little pity hole and I'm like, why does no one else care as much as I do? You know, but you know, the reality is that other people perform at the level of which uh, that you set. If, if you're, if you're a leader, and, you know, I look at my performance and I say every day I can be better and I, because I know that I can be, but that also means that I expect them to be better too. You know, it, it is exhausting and it is, um, yeah, it does, it, it drives people crazy. And I mean, and sometimes I feel like that makes it hard for people to connect with me because they're like, it's so hard to be your friend when you're in the inner circle because I demand authentic behavior. I absolutely demand it. Like, I don't tolerate like, oh, we're going to, you're going to show up one way for me and show up some one way for someone else. Like my inner circle, the people who I communicate with on, you know, a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis, the people who are really, you know, my, my close circle, it's, we are who we are for each other. And we, we, I, we say to one another, you know, I give them hard truth. Like, you know, I have a friend who, who's dealt with a lot of issues with her, with her business. And I've had to say to her, like, honestly, I kind of see that you're a little bit disorganized. And I see that, you know, I see that maybe you kind of don't really take it seriously. So is it, is it a surprise that you don't make a lot of money, you know, because you kind of do what you want, you know, and, and you really, the first time you have that conversation with a friend, it's a turning point. And it can result in them, you know, going into a hole and saying, you know, well, you clearly don't support me or whatever, when really it's the opposite. It's that I care about you enough that I want to explain to you, I want to show up for you the way that I would want someone to show up for me. And that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, and again, this this is where like it grits, you know, against against the the expectations of people, because when you're not in the inner circle, you don't get that because it's not appropriate. I'm not going to go up to you if you're a if you're a stranger and be like, Hey, you look kind of like a mess and you showed up 20 minutes late for this networking event. Of course, people aren't really going to take you seriously. You know, that's not appropriate. That's just mean, you know, but if it's someone, you know, and you care about, it's mean not to go there, but knowing when that moment is and knowing where someone else is at takes that emotional intelligence and also kind of the reflection on the relationship. And sometimes I miss the mark. Sometimes I go there and I shouldn't. And then I end up looking like a jerk. And if I'm being honest, I probably seems like a jerk, even though it wasn't my intention, but that's where you go with, you have to, you have to be able to say yes and no, you have to close doors on things. You have to be able to ask yourself like what's authentic to you, what's authentic to to what you're trying to get out of a relationship and what you're trying to pour into other people. And every relationship we've gone over this tons of times. Sometimes our relationship is really focused on me and all my struggles and what's going on. And, you know, every once in a while, because you're always so great, every once in a while, we get to talk about Catherine, you know, and really being able to being able to pull that together to kind of recognize that there's always in a real relationship that's authentic. There's 
there's it's never necessarily 50-50. It's 60-40 or 70-30. And it just kind of, the hope is that it balances so that ultimately you're both giving and getting, you know, an equivalent amount out of the relationship. And hopefully also, you know, pulling each other to another level and rising together. Yeah. Like having, what I'm hearing you say is like having the tough conversations. Like if you're not getting what you need in a relationship, um, saying something like saying the elephant in the room or calling out the elephant in the room. And, and what I know about you is that you, you actually really value that. Like you don't want to stay at the superficial level with people. Like you want to go deep because you want it to be something that sustains you and that actually gives you fuel to like keep going towards what you want. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's a struggle when you're with people who don't communicate that way, especially like at work, you know, I don't go into like the personal mode with, with most of the people I work with just because on, on a lot of, in a lot of circumstances, I'm, I'm actually their, their superior, like their boss. And for other people, I might not be their boss, but organizationally, I'm just in a different department or level or whatever. Uh, and sometimes that's just not appropriate to kind of, you know, talk to them about, you know, whatever deep, deep things are going on. Um, but I do still want to go into the, into the conversation when it comes to their job, because that, that is, you know, that is why I'm here. And I think sometimes it's hard for people to go deep when I don't have that personal connection with yeah, them. Yeah, tr- maybe the trust in the relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I find that, I mean, a struggle for me and, and people like me who really, people tell, if someone came into my office, if one of my, if one of the people in my organization came into my office, it doesn't matter who, any, any level in the organization. If they came into my office and they said, you know, hey, I just wanted to see if you had a minute. Um, at this meeting the other day, you said this thing and I kind of felt like it came off this way and I really didn't think it was appropriate or whatever. I would, I would really, really appreciate that. I would, I I really would. And, and it would, it would maybe be uncomfortable. Sure. Um, but ultimately I would, I like, I like that, you know, and I struggle to remember not everybody is like that. Not everybody, you know, I have zero fear of conflict. Um, I should say logical conflict. I do not know how to handle like dramatic, illogical conflict at all. Um, I don't understand it, but I definitely, definitely don't mind conflict. And so that sometimes I think puts more um, steady people on edge who kind of like the status quo. And I really have to temper that. But that goes back to how much of your behavior are you okay with? And how much of it is is who you are and, and, and is what you're willing to to accept and how much of it is something that like is it necessary and you know sometimes i have i have the conversation i mentioned earlier that my boss is a really really different person than me he is like the nicest person probably gives definitely gives people way too many chances you know and i fall on the other side of the spectrum i love accountability and i don't mind reprimand and i want to be better and i want to grow and you know, so we work really well together, um, which is, you know, such a blessing. Um, but he, he has told me, you know, I'm helping him so that he can be more kind of, you know, this is how things need to be and whatnot. But I'm recognizing how much I'm learning from him too, because when he steps into the role where he puts accountability on the table, I'm seeing the way that he communicates it. And he has these relationships with people. 
Whereas for me, I'm just kind of like, I, I joke, I just need a banner in my office that says, can you just do your job? <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh my gosh, Julian, like, don't tell people that. But now I've, now I've put it on the public podcast. But, you know, he, I see him, he'll, he'll send in a message and he'll copy me on a text message or something. And I'll see the way that he words things to really communicate the standard. But really, it's like this beautiful... Um, interlay of these these the way that he communicates their their relationship and I'm actually at the point where I'm like well would it be inauthentic if I tried to learn that skill because that's not how I am (laughs) but then I think you know it helps me to show up more for other people maybe maybe I need to go there so so the the basis of this really is it's always going to be a struggle I think (laughs) but if I'm moving forward like I'm I'm okay Yeah. Yeah. You're always, um, because your standard is so high for yourself, you're always going to be on the journey towards it. Um, and that's okay. Cause that's part of like, I, what I know about you is you really value growing and learning. And I think that ties into what you were talking about with like the self-reflection, like even if it's a hard thing to hear, you will take it and self-reflect and decide you know, was I out of line? Do I need to clean something up? Do I need to do something different going forward? But it's all for the sake of your own growth and your learning. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, like, what does success look like to you? Oh, man. So, so going back to my core values, um, for my life, um, you know, I, I really, I mean, I think that on some level for me, financial success is important, but that's only because I grew up in a family that really didn't have a lot of money and where money was kind of always a topic of conversation. Um, and so that was kind of an early, that was an early want for me to, to experience financial success. And I hit this like debt free life when I was like 25 and then I bought my first house and I, my, I've never had a car payment and that kind of thing. And I was, horribly in debt in college. So, I mean, it was, it was a big struggle in my, in my early twenties. And, um, you know, I have a long way to go to be where I want to be, but certainly there's an element that's that. But I remember when I started working and I did really well, really early and I just hated my job and I hated, I wasn't doing, I wasn't living a good life, you know? And so I quit when I I was in the cosmetic medical field and I, I liked my job in the beginning, but the company changed and I kind of went to find myself. So I think now success for me certainly still has that that generic financial element that you know is just kind of a it's it's part of the the want for someone who's a driver like me and who really loves working but ultimately there's this this side component where I I kind of stopped chasing money for a couple of years to chase my passion started chasing my passion found my passion, or at least I'm very well on the way to that. And now finances are coming back into the fold. And like, well, why can't I have both? You know, so, so I mean, really living on the edge is one of my core values. And success for me means looking back at my last three months, six months, one year, five year, 10 year, and saying, you know, did I take the chances that scared me? And did I did I say yes, to the things that I would have no good reason to say no to? Um, and then, you know, another one of my core values is, you know, um, owning your existence. So looking back at my life and saying, you know, are you happy with the person that you are? You know, would, would God be proud of you as, as his child? Would, would your family be proud of you to be associated with what you've been able to do? Would your staff be proud that you're their leader? 
Um, would your boss be proud that you're his subordinate? You know, all of those things. And that's more of an internal conversation. Um, and then, you know, I have other, other wants. I'm one of my goals this year is to get my pilot's license. And I've been, again, one of those things I've been saying for a long time, but then I haven't actually done it. And so I'm, I'm doing it now. I've put it out there. And, um, I realized why is this important to me? And I, I really want to do mission trips at some point in my life. And I said, well, what better way to do a mission trip than to fly the friggin' plane? <laughs> so, you know, this is kind of one of those things. And so I think for me, success really is, did you make an impact on those around you and push them to be a better version of themselves? Because I, I don't do any of that work. All I can do is, is, is be supportive. You know, they're going to do the work and they get all the credit. Um, but was I instrumental in that? Did mm-hmm. I have an impact on changing someone's life? You know, and, and when I look back at my life and I meet the person I could have been, how close to that person can I be? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying it, it comes back to that quote. And like, when you meet the person that you are, like, did you, yeah, like, what would that conversation be like? Would it be like, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. Or would it be like, you could have taken more risk. You could have tried harder. You could have, um, you know, been of service in this way and you were too scared. So yeah, I really hear that that's what drives you to attaining like what you want for yourself. Yeah. And and I, I think, um, I want to just ask you if you could like, kind of distill down like three things that you would want to share with people as being like really instrumental to you on this journey, what would they be? Mm. Um, I wish I got those questions a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I think the first, the first thing is, um, don't, don't be afraid to reflect. Um, it's, it's about, it's a struggle because, you know, you don't want to get too far into the, you don't want to, you don't want to go into self-loathing, you know, but I think that there's something really powerful about being able to look at all the ugly parts of yourself and, um, and being able to say, you know, I messed up there and I could have done better and I, and I want to do better. Um, you know, and, and I think that the flip side of that is also not, not being afraid to openly, you know, love who you are. Those are, those would be the, I mean, those are two, you know, look at the bad, reflect on it. And then, you know, recognize, recognize your value. Um, you know, like almost like what I'm hearing is like, you can't move forward until you have like some acceptance, at least in a way that's sustainable, um, until you accept where you are currently. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Catherine, I, Every single day, I have conversations with myself like a crazy person. I mean, self-proclaimed where I say, you know, gosh, I could have handled that better. I could have done that better. But at the end of the day, I still love who I am. And I don't necessarily sit in that place because I don't really want to focus on my how much, you know, how great I think I am or whatever. I mean, I don't really think I'm that great, but I mean, I don't. I don't want to reflect on that because what good does that do me? You know, reflecting on how on, on where I'm at right now, that doesn't, that doesn't really do much, but I think it's important to have that as a constant. Like the base, like you have a foundation yeah. of love and acceptance for yourself, but you focus on like how you can improve and do better because you yeah. have this standard or this 
you know, goal that you want to achieve. Right. And it's okay for people to have standards for their lives that are not as stringent as mine. That's okay. Um, you know, I was just wired this way. Like I, I remember people used to say to me, oh my gosh, you know, you're so energetic and you're so happy and you're so excited all the time and, you know, all this. And, oh, you know, you're so, you're so great. And I used to think, well, do you compliment the kid who, who never studies but gets A's in math? Not, well, no, but I mean, do you complicate the kid who gets a B but goes to study hall five days a week and really, really works on it? Like, I don't feel like I should get credit for the things that are naturally who I am. But, you know, even if I'm performing at a C level on something that I'm naturally an F at, that's when I'm like, oh, I really, really want that. I want that encouragement, you know? So, so I think that that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from is, you know, love who you are, love your basis, but, you know... Also, don't be afraid to kind of say, okay, well, how do I line up? Let me grade myself. And, you know, if you're an F somewhere, don't hate yourself because your baseline is still love, but recognize that you're that F and say, well, is this acceptable for me? Yeah. F ever acceptable. Instead of just like ignoring it or pretending that it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's just the worst. I mean, we all know people who, I mean, they're either so obtuse or just so unaware and, you, you don't want to judge them, but it's just kind of like it's difficult to be around them because they're so unaware. And, and you know, I think that there is a delicate way that you can kind of help to bring that out. And I mean, let's be honest, we've all been there. I, I've been there, you know, and so I'm thankful for the people in my life who kind of gave, gave me the hard truths, even if they were hurtful. Um, you know, and, and I'd like to believe that everyone will have experiences like that and that there's a right way to have that conversation with every single person. I mean, really, it needs to be based in a place of love and not in a place of judgment. Um, but, you know, it, I, so I don't I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't hit it on the head. You know, sometimes I don't. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, I mean, I mean that, those are two. <laughs> no, those are those are great. And really. Yeah, really speak to like what I'm hearing in in you and like what success means to you and where you want to go. And um, I just so appreciate like who you are and the the drive and like the it's like you're unwilling to settle. Yeah, that's that's definitely the truth for sure. And yeah, I and I love that you see that. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, I'm not a I, I talk, I've talked about love languages to my staff. I'm not a words of affirmation person. And, um, but when it comes to things that I really want for my life, when other people who I care about and who I respect reiterate, Hey, you're showing up like that. And I'm, I'm seeing this about you. It, it does feel amazing. It feels so good for other people to see me the way that I want to be seen. Um, because it tells me I'm not living a life of delusion. Yeah. You know, that you're actually conveying like what's real because that is important to you. And it is. Yeah. It and when, is. So thank you for your time and always a pleasure talking to you and really thankful that we've continued to stay in touch. Absolutely, Catherine. It's my pleasure. I was honored to be asked to be a part of this and I'd love to come back. So, okay. Well, I will uh, talk to you soon and thank you again for your time. Awesome, Catherine. You too. Bye. Okay. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Coaching with Catherine. If you like this podcast, please show us your support by leaving a review in iTunes or Google Play. It helps us so much and helps others to find the show. 
You can also visit me at www.coachingwithkatherine, spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E.com or on Facebook to learn more about me and the work I do. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.